You're tuned in to The Keetra Show and listening to SOB, Style of Business, the podcast with your host, Keetra. We aim to highlight the ongoing trek of entrepreneurs and business owners from around the globe, featuring stories that recount their struggles, experiences, and inevitable road to success and self-fulfillment. Welcome to SOB. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Keetra. Thanks so much for tuning in for another wonderful episode of SOB Style of Business. Today, I'm speaking with Miss Yoshi Holland. She is a wonderful lady, first of all, that I had the opportunity to meet online, and she's been doing a lot of wonderful things in her community. She is an abstinence and life coach, mentor, speaker, and business owners at Smart Girls, Smart Moms. And she's going to be talking to us today about her ventures and some of the things that she's working on, upcoming projects and all that other good stuff. So I will go ahead and give her the floor. Ms. Yoshi, would you please give us a background and let's get the interview rolling. Okay, sounds good. How you doing, Keetra? Doing well. Thanks for asking. Great. Well, thanks for having me on. Well, as you know, nothing ever starts out as this is the beginning. So I've had some businesses before I decided to be a life coach, or I would say before I was chosen to be an abstinence and life coach. But it's always seemed to surrounding girls. And my first business was called Holland Sims Models. I was living in New York, and I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. I think that we're just born with this spirit, or it just comes about at some point in life when you know that you're going to be an entrepreneur. And... Say this first business of mine, Holland Sims Model. I had no money. I was in New York, and I said, "Wow, how could I start a business with no money?" And I don't know where it came from, but they said, "Hey, just start a modeling agency. You don't need any. Just you have models or a model, and once they when they get work, you get paid. So it's kind of like an agent, I guess. In many words, you could say that. So." I can remember thinking about this business, and then I had one model, one job, I remember. Moshud was the name of the store. He was looking for models. Moshud still may be in Brooklyn. I'm not sure. He had awesome clothes. And um, she got paid $200, and then I got paid $40. So that was me. I was very happy with my $40 at that time. (laughs) Really young, so that worked out for me. And after that, it didn't seem like, you know, I was getting too much business with that. So I eventually became a publicist, my publicity business. But eventually, I just did not enjoy the work. It was just nonstop with certain clients. You know, they call you in the middle of the night. It's just never enough. So again, financially successful, but just I just could not take the going distress of that position. And we say after that, again, I was just really, really interested in helping girls. And myself having a daughter myself, I think she was about 12 years old at that time. And someone heard me complaining about the types of math in fashion and beauty for girls. And they said, well, why don't you just start one instead of complaining? So, you know what? I started a magazine. And I think maybe a month before that, I said, I would never start a magazine. But you know how things go with entrepreneurs. That's the role. My daughter at the time, I just did not want her reading articles, how to attract your crush at school or how to kiss a boy. And, you know, these are the types that were in these girl magazines. These are for preteen girls and teenagers. So 
I stalled Atlanta Girl Magazine. I loved it. I had a big team of about 12 people, all just, they were all in. We were all in for this mission, and parents really loved it because, you know, it just gave them a safer. Their daughters could go and read articles, you know, look at pictures that wasn't, you know, so provocative. But what I learned was through this time is that, well, something else that we created in the magazine, um, you know, we'd have shoots other weekend, but we started a girl, Manta Girl model and acting competition. So we held these competitions almost like once every two months. And I really got to know the girls sort of on a personal thing. I mean, they told me all about the stresses, the insecurities. And so many of us did not feel good about their bodies, their image, or there was just always something wrong. Someone was stressed about something. And I said, you know what? This magazine is not helping. You know, the, the makeovers were goals were beautiful. You know, they loved that time, but they had to leave that moment. And that's what it is. It's a moment. You're on set. You're modeling. You're posing. At some point, that ends, and you have to go back into the real world. And so at that time, I just learned that it's more than just pretty clothes and makeup. And after that, I created something called, you know, the study of me. And, you know, the great thing about mine was that I got a chance to in a place where all I saw was girls. And it happened to be at Ivy Prep Academy right here in Norcross, Georgia. It is a middle school for, um, it's a public charter. And I just have the ability to just learn so much about girls. So kind of how this thing got started. How it unfolded. So you pretty much had the opportunity to be able to uh, embark on this endeavor just, you know, based off your, your past experience with working with young girls. And then also you have a daughter, so that it definitely makes sense. And I know that you do, uh, that ties in with the personal development initiatives that you have. And I guess that's probably the reason why you ended up with, uh, you know, smart girls and smart moms. But give us a background. I mean, we definitely you have the, the story about how you decided to move forward with this. But smart girls, smart moms. Tell us more about, first of all, the title and then really get into more, more about what the mission is, because I know that it could be pretty much anything when you first look at the name of the company. But I know there's more to it than that. Absolutely. It was launched earlier this year, 2017. And it's where middle and high school girls to stay abstinent, as well as make other smart decisions. I totally put the ball in in the girls' court, I would say. They are used to their parents telling them every move to make and, you know, do this. But I really start with the end in mind. We got some of their goals and visions for the future. And then, you know, we go into, well, who are you? Do you even know who you are? Who created you? You know, why were you? And then that hard question, if you decided that, what would that scene look like the next day? How would you feel? How do you think the boy would see you? Are you going to be his wife? What does all of like look like? So when, when someone puts the ball court and allows their own brain to start moving and thinking, you know, they kind of get a whole different vision about having sex as well as just other daily decisions because, you know, we just talk about so much more than just getting 
be the part of sex because it doesn't jumping in the bed and just having sex. Minute-by-minute decisions, they have to consistently. Examples is like showing a boy an undergarment online, showing him a body part, the language used when they're talking online. And I'm just talking now. And, and you know, and then moving on to school at a party, allowing a boy to touch you at school in a certain place and in a certain way. It's funny, we used to always tell my daughter, well, you know, she used to say, well, you know, mom, you know, well, boys now, they come up sometimes and they, you know, they just hug. So we learned about the side hug. No. Oh, exactly. Yeah, the side hug. <laughs> We created side hug in our house. <laughs> yeah, I know adults giving side hugs. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's one for everybody, actually. Exactly, because that can go on through adulthood, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> because we don't, you know, and it was telling her you gave the wrong impression. You know, because what goes through a girl's mind, we'll just say another example. What goes through a girl's mind when she wears a short mini you know, and these are the things that we discuss. I took the question to the of when a girl wears a short miniskirt. What goes through your mind if you wear one? What goes through your mind when you see another girl? What are you looking for with that one little piece of fabric? Uh, attention, of course. Yeah. And then when she gets the attention, decisions have to be made. Oh, wow. This is one of the reasons why I really wanted to have you on is because you there's a lot of abstinence programs that are out there and there's a lot of different celebrities and people like that that go in and they also endorse the abstinence until marriage. But really just having the platform to go in and, and teach and educate so that people really understand what it is that you're doing. You know, you're not just talking about it. You're actually coming up with different ways to, you know, get into the minds and really help them to change their thoughts on how to go about doing this. So tell me more about I know you said that, that you guys are, you launched earlier this year, and the main goal, obviously, is to educate people on the uh, subject of abstinence until marriage. But um, did you have any second thoughts about this particular program, and then what sort of initial challenges did you face when you began the venture? Like, what did you come up against? At first, I was coaching girls, and what I learned through the girls, and this is how the title itself um, came about. Is it smart girls, smart moms, girls anymore? Because it's exactly like it sounds that starts at home. But a lot of moms try to do the right things, but sometimes they say and may not do the right thing. Or we'll say it's not working because we don't get it wrong because the ultimate goal is what you're doing. Fortunately, before, like as smart moms, I realized that, you know, when I coached and mentored and listen to girls, a lot of the problems did stem from the mom. You know, they had a lot to say about ways they wish that their mothers would. One of the main ones is yelling. You know, moms, they can yell. You know, we can yell. I had to learn not to yell because someone has to be the adult. If your daughter's yelling, you're just yelling, she completely shuts down at that point, or she's saying because you're attacking. So, you know, I will go back to saying my last job at Ivy Prep was such a blessing from God. I know God put me right where he needed me to be because working with girls every day, I worked right there. I saw parents constantly, mainly moms, and girls would come to the office constantly. And then somehow we started to, I turned from a front desk you know, receptionist, administrative assistant to almost a counselor and coach. 
you know, we had our own counselor there, how she was, but there was sometimes they just wanted to come and talk to me. And then I found myself at a place where, wow, I'm really stepping away from the desk and calming a girl down and, you know, just listening to her. And, you know, I heard some pretty heavy stuff. A lot of times a lot of it stemmed from home and could be bullying. Again, we go back to insecurities and challenges. Uh, I, and uh, I eventually ended up running an abstinence and life coach after school program there. But back to also some of those challenges. Well, one of the first challenges, I would say the foundation of this program, it's built on a belief in God. Uh, God all, I mean, so all people in all organizations are not receptive to this teaching because I start with the creator because he's the one who grows. My mission, my, <laughs> this founded in Christ. And another challenge is that statistically only 3% of Americans stay abstinent. So that is a challenge in Eve because it is just not part of our culture as Americans to stay abstinent all the way to marriage. But I am looking to put a big increase in that number as young ladies are taught who they truly are. Exactly. Oh, that sums it up extremely well. I'm going to hop in on you. You just mentioned something. You said that it's not within our culture to stay abstinent until marriage. And so I had this question a little bit further down in the interview, but I, I want to throw it in now. How much do you think social media influences our youth and culture as a whole? Because we were talking earlier, you, you were mentioning that a lot of the problems stem from home. And if you don't have a support network and things like that, I mean, that's definitely going to have heavy impact and influences on you as you, you know, mature and get older. But even aside from being at home, you know, aside from having a mom that's yelling and things like that, when you're at school or when you're, you know, at the movies or whatever, you still have social media. So what sort of influence or how much do you think that weighs in on uh, what people are seeing or young kids are seeing when it comes to, uh, you know, all this provocative stuff that's out there? Yeah, I don't know if you saw my typical day of a girl. I did see that. <laughs> I did see that. Let me step back and hush. I'm going to let you tell it because I'll go in and tell it for you, but I want you to tell your story because I did read that and it kept going back to this one thing. I don't have it in front of me verbatim, but people will be able to look at my website and read it. But you, I mean, the girl, she wakes up in the morning. The first thing she grabs is her phone, gets right on social media because stuff has been loaded, bombarded with visuals of sex, girls twerking, girls with their tongues out, and then she may close her phone, for, turn it off for a second, go and, you know, do what she got to do to get ready for school, go down with mom maybe, they may pray, eat, she gets ready for school, she's out the door, if she's on the bus or she's in the car, she's walking toward the bus or the car, she's on her phone and she's looking. When she gets on the bus, she's on the back of the car, she's back on her phone. Those media images are still coming. More sexually explicit um, images. More tongue out. More towards to school. In between classes. Or maybe in class, you, you know, that she attends. Back online. Again, more social media images. Sexual pictures. Working. You know, tongue out. There we go. Take it out. They take pictures with tongues out. All that. That's, I don't know why they do that. You know, then... Goes to extracurricular activities. On her way there, she definitely had she's social media again. It is constant until she gets home at night doing homework. 
she's back on it. You have to understand, this is like eight times a day where, before she even goes with it, being bombarded with these visuals, and I'm saying pictures, you know, there are videos that are out there that our girls could not see, not even one time. You know, this is all day. It's a bad girl, Christian girl, Muslim girl. It doesn't matter. I'll see it. Believe me, I know. I've been working with all. Yeah, so it can definitely, I see your point. This is a, a huge undertaking. Like, so abstinence education, I know it's extremely important to you. Tell me, or tell us rather, what do you want to achieve? Because you know you're up against people that don't really believe in your foundation. You know, I know that you're based it off of, you know, God and, and just trying to help people to do the right thing. But what would it look like in a perfect world for you to be able to achieve your goal through the use of this platform? My hopes is that girls would just learn to respect themselves and others and waiting, you know, creates better marriages for everyone because it's not based solely on lust. If you're waiting until marriage, you know, your husband must really love you because you haven't even had sex with him. So um, that's just keeping it really real when it comes to the abstinence. And, you know, I am really looking to throw the worldwide shift into themselves. And this is all over the world. This is America. And I'm so glad that we have the Internet. You know, we have um, Skype and podcasts and all those things because we're able to reach over the world, girls and moms, girls sign up and pep teams and, you know, things like that. Moms are the ones that sign up for abstinence courses and life coaching. <laughs> That's definitely true, especially when it comes to things that they may not necessarily want to do. You definitely have to lean on the adult to take charge and, and take care of that. Which brings me to this question, what, like, what are some of the most common stigmas surrounding the topic of abstinence from what you've encountered? Like, what do you think would be, like, maybe one or two of the most common People ones? People just don't feel that it's possible for most girls. You know, I think they, they, they may go, they may wait until after high school, um, and then it may happen in college, or they may even get through college. I don't think that the normal mind just thinks that this is possible. Keeping track and encouraging ever comes through our abstinence to marriage program. And we will show the progress and success. Because I know it can happen once they learn who they are. That is because most girls don't know who they are. I definitely didn't know who I was until I became an adult. So that's a real part of it. Excellent. Yeah. And I know you're going to have some feedback on this one. So in general, okay, this is, it's one of, it's not really taboo, but it's one of those subjects that is everybody has an opinion on how it should be presented to young boys, young girls. It's kind of like the puberty discussion, you know what I mean? So, uh, in general, do you think the discussion of abstinence with, uh, young boys is approached in the same way as it is with the girls? Most boys are just taught to be careful and then just end up with a good girl. That's it. Just, just be careful. Try to get with good girl and then end up definitely with a good girl that you can bring home to mama. Wow. That's simple, huh? I tell you what, I mean, I'm, I'm glad there's people like you that are bringing other options and we're just kind of highlighting the other options and, and shedding more light on this. This is great information. I'm pretty sure some of the listeners is, are definitely going to be a, very appreciative of hearing your feedback and some of the things that you're mentioning. And I would like to know, I know that you have the different programs. I know you've been in churches. I know you've been in the schools, the different community events, talking about your programs and even doing a little bit of public speaking. I know you have a teleseminar coming up, but then there's some other things in the pipeline. And I wanted to have you discuss a little bit about 
teleseminar, Eight Ways to Help Your Daughter Stay Abstinent Until Marriage and Make Other Minute-by-Minute Decisions. If you'll take some time to kind of give us a brief on that, that'd be great. seminar is so eye-opening. Moms will learn things that they never thought of or stop doing. I mean, like, let's take number two. I'm not going to spoil it by giving number one. On the list, it teaches mom to just completely don't talk and just listen when your daughter is talking. And explain to explain herself. You don't have to talk. And that's how you one is trying to explain something to you. Because if you butt in and start yelling and, and things, you may not ever get to the truth. Because you're mad at that point. So... For example, if your daughter gets suspended from school, that problem did not start with the teacher. Start with her cussing out a teacher right there. Out yelling because that's the way that your mom did it, it's not always the answer. Because a lot of the ways that we are as mothers, we do it because our mothers did it with us. There's areas where we could say, uh, if mom would have done this, I might not have done this. So I had to realize that, oh, because I grew up with my grandmother really. Uh, if my grandmother heard me say that, she would, and I'm like, wait a minute, why am I saying that? I didn't turn out the way that, because she didn't really know exactly what she was doing when she was yelling and swinging and, you know, not letting me know. Oh, man, not the swinging. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I, that is uh, not the looks of it. No, I, I totally get that. That's perfect. Um. And I know you do a lot of advocating for your company and your programs and events through your website and social media. This is something I'd like to, I I try to always ask this to every guest just to kind of get their take on social media and how they're using it to get their word out about their projects and services. But um, let us know, like, how has social media helped you to get the message out about your programs um, and your events? Well, you know, Keisha, I'll say this about social media. I have not really done that much on social media. Business has gone from word of mouth because mom's on. You got to this coaching because it is going to change her life. Changes in their home. They're telling each other. Now, I am looking to hire someone to take care of social media because that is an animal all in itself. I mean, my goodness, I, you know, all these days I've been using social media just to send out something I have called daily. It's daily scripture every day with my own commentary. But smart girls, smart moms, few things, but I'm like, I need to hire 20 year olds to get this done. So <laughs> right now, just go to my website, smartgirlsmartmoms.com, and you'll be able to find out all the information you need. Excellent. Now, this, this is perfect. You have to give us some advice now because, see, you've kind of set the bar high with your undertaking just because it's just, you know, such a big project. And um, like you said, we're only within the U.S., but there's other markets and opportunities as well. So what advice would you give to anyone? I mean, whether their goal is, is big or small, but they're looking to make a difference in their community. What advice do you have for oh, them? just in a group, a cause that you care about. Heart will lead you. God will lead you. Let me tell you, many times you don't even ask him. He just points you in that direction. And, and your heart is, you're just going to have a heart for that situation. And this is how you start. You start by just starting. Follow the money. You don't look for the money. It, your heart is just going to be a part of it. And you just start. You just have to step out. I mean, I started just by talking to girls and learning. And, and then I turned it into a business. I mean, I'm so passionate about helping girls. And, you know, I could see a girl in the mall and I just want to go over and just conversations. I've sort of just, 
Good deal. And tell us uh, upcoming events, appearances, if you have any upcoming speaking engagements, let us know of those and also where we can find you online. I know you just mentioned it, but I'll have you to, uh, if you want to give your website address again, along with any social media handles that you have. I don't have it in front of me, but if you just go to www.smartgirlsmartmom.com at this moment, you will find all the speaking engagements and events that I do have coming up. I know I'm going to be speaking um, at Cisco, and um, it may be next month. You know, that's one of the big events coming. We're hopeful talking to those moms about that. Time you hear this podcast, there may be some more things that I'm not that have listed at this time. So I just say go to the website. Definitely sign up for the teleseminar. It's free. All you need to bring is a paper and pencil, and you can be in your pajamas and even have to leave home. And I'm here for you to give you those eight. Even if your daughter is, you know, not in middle school, it is great to go ahead and get some of these tools in place. Perfect. 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 Thank you so much, Miss Yoshi. So I'll give it again. It's smartgirlssmartmoms.com. And we know that there's going to be some other excellent things coming from your laboratory. So we'll, we'll uh, have to have you back on. But I thank you so much. And I appreciate you joining and uh, speaking with us today. So we'll touch base with you here soon. I loved it. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks for hanging out with us here on SOB. We hope this episode has been resourceful. If you'd like to check out the latest articles or follow Keetra's website updates, just log on to Keetra.com or follow her on Twitter at K-E-E-T-R-I-A.